All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Sam Spin the One and Twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, whether they're auto, life, home, or renters. Give them a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That is Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. Yes, yeah, so did we just hit the year mark with him, like on this weekend or today or Friday with DMX? Has it's been a year. Already been a year. I think that's crazy. I think it was either that. I don't think it was his birthday. I think it was because of the year because I caught it on. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. BT this uh, as week. of this weekend. Hunt. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I know year flies by fast. Um, but anyway, all right. So before we move on and get to the phone, let's get to some of your uh, and the rest of the doc. Let's get to some of your uh, social media reactions and see what's going on. Let's go to uh, the stream and see what we got out there. Yeah, we got Claudia and Carl Polk. Uh, we, of course, opened up the show talking about the passing, the unfortunate passing of Dwayne Haskins at the age of 24. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of, and then the Adam Schefter's, or the reaction to Adam Schefter's breaking of the news and Claudia and Carl Polk on Facebook saying, always first, but never always right, Adam. I'm going to have a little bit pushed back on that because I think Adam bats almost 1,000, man. I really do. I, I think Adam... About 850. Uh, I don't know, man, because Adam is very connected to GMs and stuff. I can't remember anything that he's put out that he's tweeted out that's official that he's had to backtrack from. I can't remember. I mean, somebody can pull receipts and let me know, but he he's damn near he's damn near accurate in my opinion. Um, you know, I just feel that you know from in the last five or six months, there's been, and I think it's probably Adam fatigue because I just think it's one of those situations. I mean. Even if you're not, even if you don't really, like, a lot of people that don't even really follow football has Adam Schefter on their Twitter that's following him through social media devices. I mean, he's that, because the thing is, he's the guy that's going to break the information nine times out of ten before anybody else gets it. I mean, I think he's more solid than Ian Rapper, uh, the man on the NFL Network. I'll tell you that. Um, you know, I don't. That that's my opinion kind of with that. But anyway, keep it moving. Uh, he does have 9.4 million followers. Yeah, he can't That's be wrong. Right. Some he, franchises. He, he can't be wrong all the time. He can't be wrong that much. <laughs> I mean, he can't be wrong that much. But go ahead, though. Oh, Frank Valdez goes on to call Adam a NFL TMZ. Mm. Well, we live in a TMZ world. Period. I, I think he's the guy. The only difference I would say maybe TMZ's unfair is because I don't think Adam is hiding off in the bushes and and popping out on GMs and stuff as they're eating dinner, coming out with the paparazzi. I ain't gonna do my man Adam like that. I think he's he's worked his way up to relationships to where hey, if something's going down, GMs are calling him at two or three o'clock in the morning. And say, Adam, look, man, this was about to happen because he's built up that respect, and that is really what got him, in my opinion. That's what kind of got him in trouble with the Bruce Allen and the situation in Washington when that was reported because. Him doing that and want to say, hey, this is coming out, but I'm going to let you do that. Now, in the normal journalist, no, you're not supposed to do that. But in Adam protecting his relationships, and that's how Adam gets this stuff because he's going to respect guys, even if it is him putting his integrity shield to the side. Because, again, he's graduated from a journalist. I don't look at Adam as a journalist. He's an information newsbreaker. But anyway. Also, well, comparing him to his NBA counterpart, uh, we have Nefazuna saying, Woj, to me, is the biggest insider. 
Um, I would say that Woj seems like that, and he could probably he's definitely one of them because again, Woj is connected again through GMs, team presidents, and stuff. Um, up until this this off season that we're in right now. NBA is usually the one that has dominated. There's constantly news and stuff and trades going down to where Woj has been the guy that's really, you know, taking that mantle of like, yo, there's the Woj bomb. But I think Adam has done pretty much the same thing, not on the scale because it's not as frequently into the NFL until we're ch- we're hitting there. We hit there this offseason, but that's my opinion on that. And then Twitter, what we got? I feel you. Yeah. Uh, so I want to slide over to Twitter. We've got uh, Zoon, uh not Nef, uh, sorry, Davi. Over on Twitter, um, bringing to light the NBA attendance figures from the regular season, uh, according to BasketballReference.com, a uh, and then being shared by a sports anchor out of Oklahoma City, who is putting to task his uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder for their low attendance. You do get to see the Spurs way down the list, number twenty-seven overall in average attendance. At one uh, fifteen thousand fourteen people, and he's bringing that up just to say well, they finished, bring to the light that they finished third to last or whatever. Uh, yeah, the fun. So the, the thunder personality was is mm. the one who shared the initial screenshot. Davi, mm. appreciate you, uh, you know, bringing this to our attention as well. Um, now that might sound like a really low figure, because I mean it's it's rather low. Uh, the Bulls led the NBA in average attendance on any given night at 20,000, almost 21. So you're about six behind uh, one of the more exciting teams this season in the Chicago Bulls. I look at it as that you're 27 out of 30, and that's alarming. It's not good. And I know why he's, he's probably listened to the show for a long time because that's why he's tweeting that at me because I've been on this kick to where, you know, this is the time of times that, you know, for the fans of it, that you got to support them. I mean, because when you get to 27 out of 30, these are the things that ownership groups look at to be like, you know what? I mean, if we can't, if we can't carry our end of the bargain for ticket sales and ticket revenue in this city, doesn't make sense to go ahead and go closer to Austin. Doesn't make sense. And that's why I say the arenas, the arena thing is going to be the first thing to drop. That's going to happen. Some That's going to be the first puzzle to drop. Say, hey, man, we need a new arena. And then it's going to be up to taxpayers down here. We want to vote for that. And I'm telling you, since this is not a sports town, this is not a diet. I mean, you got to win here to get recognition. That is something that I don't know in the state, unless something turns around, unless they really get lucky and win these ping pong balls and turn us around, that ain't passing down here. Not if it's local taxpayers. As much as we love the center, that ain't passed down here. Now, the thing is, be careful when it comes to that. But that whole point of that tweet about being down to 27 or 30, that's alarming. It, especially from – especially – the thing, the reason why that sticks out like a sore thumb is because it's from a one-trick pony. I mean, this is a one-town professional sports team. And anybody else under here is under Spurs Sports Entertainment. That's why that scares way too. They ain't competing with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, they ain't competing with an NFL team. They ain't competing with a baseball team. They ain't competing with an MLS team. They they ran a monopoly down here for the last 25, 30, or since they've been here. I mean, it's the only way they get a deal like they did with the city when it comes to alcohol sales and stuff. I That, that, that to me, I, that doesn't shock me to see that, but it is kind of alarming, and it comes down to the fan base in regards to, again, going out supporting when it's down. And also I think it's it's a little bit this is the time where that also pays off when this is the time to where you're used to running a ship, speaking of the Spurs, 
when you don't make your guys accessible to the media, when you don't allow guys to do radio interviews or have their own show, weekly show, this is the time is time where you need that stuff because it's not automatically competing for titles. It's not all doing that. I've had the league pass for a long time now, and in the league pass, you get to see promotions. You get to see during commercial breaks. I mean, it used to not be like that, but now since they run like a lot of local ads and stuff during these league passes, so they're not going to show you the local fee for the most part. You get some of the local commercials, like if you're L.A. West Coast Clippers games, you'll see some. But if you're like Sacramento or Cleveland, you get a lot of Philly even. You get a lot of where you get to see what the teams are doing, promotions, what they're doing during timeouts because they're not running you with a bunch of local feed advertising when it's on the league pass. So I see all these things, these other teams that are considered bottom bottom feeders or down at the below that are not traditional teams that are competing for titles. I see what they have to do. I see what they have to do to to garner interest or to get fans to come in and, and do certain things. And that also, some of that falls on Spurs Sports Entertainment. I know that pisses them off hearing me say that, but it, it, it's the truth, man. I'm always going to give it to you. That is, it, it's a share. It comes down to the fans. But again, this is the city we live in. I mean, I'm born and raised here. I love it. We get homesick if I lived anywhere else. But when it comes to that, we support winners. That's really what it is. That's what took it long. Look how long it took for the city to get behind the road run, UTSA. It took a season like this. This year to really, it took for one from trailer going from putting people on notice, really the student body and people like, hey, man, come watch them. You know, we're going to other stadiums and they're sold out. We're playing this night. It came from him doing a three or four week campaign from that. Then people like, damn, they're still undefeated in Conference USA. Damn, they're playing for a conference. It took that. Yeah, when they first came on, we packed a dome. When we were trying to jack the New Orleans Saints here during Katrina, oh, we showed out. Because we're trying to steal their team right underneath them. We know y'all on the roofs. We know y'all flooded. I mean, you know what you could do in San Antonio? Just bad in the city play behind that too, by the way. Okay. Since we are, don't be neither one to judge, but that's true. It's terrible. But anyway, that's we can do that. But when it comes to these years where it's like, man, oh, we're in a playing game? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I would damn, if, if I like I said, I didn't know that. I didn't know about that report out because I've already beat this topic into a – with a dead, whatever you can beat it into a dead horse, however you want to say it. But the truth of the matter is, I would have loved to seen them get the Pelicans game in the AT&T Center because I would have liked to see what those attendance is for a play-in game to just go. We'll never know because, like I said, they're gonna have to win two games. Now, if they win two road games and they're one and eight, and it's against the Suns, then let's see what those two home games gonna be when it comes to a playoff in a series where you would be a heavily, heavily underdog. But that's my that's my uh, thoughts on that. So we have Miguel reacting on Twitter live time. He says if the Spurs want us to uh, go to games again, maybe they should call it Fiesta Arena. Funny. Come on, man. No, that ain't gonna do anything. They already gave you Fiesta color seats when that stuff looked horrid. They do that it, though. The one thing that they gotta do is they gotta start winning, and they gotta win here pretty soon, and they gotta do it back. And say, I'm not talking about titles. I'm talking about being what we talked about last last week, being one of those six, seven C, those middle of the pack Western. They got to get there because they're just in the city. Like in a city like Cleveland, they'll show up to game all day long. They'll celebrate going zero and sixteen. That's a sports town. Uh, Boston, um, you know, places like that. Those are sports towns. They're gonna sit there and support no matter what. I mean, think about, look at what Portland's been through. I mean, Portland, yes, you've had your Dame run. You know, he's had some playoffs. But for the most part, Portland has gone through some bad 
teams in regards to character guys to you know that and that that the rose garden up there is sold out every it seems like they're sold out almost every damn other game i know they're probably not but again they've got some loyal fans up there but that's alarming man that's alarming that'll get you that that'll keep that up and yeah you, for the diehard Spurs fans that are still going to games it'll cost you 30 40 minutes to drive to go see spurs games because that arena the next arena will be between here closer to austin to keep that up i'll tell you that so, knowing that franchises can play uh, chess rather than checkers at times, do you think it was a chess move to have Red McCombs out there on Fan Appreciation Night, reminding of the uh, bringing the team here, keeping the team here, how long it took to develop? Was it a chess move by Spurs Sports and Entertainment to kind of be like to recognize Red McCombs at this time to bring back a lot of the greats and 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 show that how again that time frame as to how long that took. To have 1999? No, that was just about them doing their part to celebrate the 75 years in the NBA. That's all that was. I mean, okay. the ES- ESPN did it. They made the whole NBA crew put on yellow jackets, like the whole Howard Cosell. That, that's just them celebrating. They were former ABA. Um, you celebrating 75 years of NBA, and Red McCombs is the guy who had the team here early years. That's all it was. Nice try, though. But that's all it was. Just curious. That, that's all it was. But we'll see, man. I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, again, um, that's why. That's why. And again, that goes back. That tweet right there goes back to my initial take in the week. That's why I say this game's more important than the Pel. They need this more than the Pelicans do. They need this. They need to win. If they've come this far, they need to win these two games. They need to get the AC. If they're still going to be the three round picks, of course, I would rather them be in that category where they've got like a five. They they're in that upper you know, percentile to really get a top three pick. I'd rather them be there than they are now, but this is where it's at as long as he's here running the team. And at the end of the day, though, if they're going to be here consistently, they need to take the next step and they need to go win these damn next two games and get the eight seed. So we can sit there and say, hey, man, we ate it. Now we're going something. I'm not trying to hear y'all that we just sitting here hanging around because steady here, nine, ten, wondering, well, they're just winning. No, man, we stagnant as hell. We're in no man's land. Show me different. Get to that eight seed and now we can build. Even if you get swept, even if you get done 4-0 by Phoenix, hey, we're here in that A spot. We can build off of this. Not being in this 9-10 and 10 stuff. And just, hey, we're just here. We just, we just out here and just keep floating around, floating around. Be like, hey, man, we had 3,000 some wins. Yeah, we passed. Well, what are we still doing? it? Well, yeah, we just floating around the wind. And then you put that on the mix of attendance. Hey, it's real. It's real talk. But that's unexcusable because it's, it's, and it's alarming because they're not competing with nobody down here. They don't compete with nobody for advertising dollars. They don't compete with nobody for TV rights, TV times. It ain't, no. <clears throat> ain't no other professional sports team knocking on HEB, calling up HEB Corporate, calling up USAA, Frost Bank. Ain't nobody doing that. And if they are doing it, they in silver, black, and the sports, sports, Spurs Sports Entertainment. You know, they damn near could be on Capitol Hill, called the Capitol Hill, too, right behind Bezos and everybody else that was accused of running the Monopoly. They could be right there testifying. Hope family and popping all that the way they've had it the last 20 years. And I love them, though. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so other than that, I mean, we're, how much time we got? Because we got a couple people at home. Yeah, we got about two minutes. Two minutes. Okay, well, just hold on, Mike. Hold on, Fernando. Until next break, we'll get to the phones coming back. Um, we talked, I mean, again, we talked a little bit, touched on the NFL situation. Um, uh, Cowboys too, they lost one of their longtime running back coaches, um, at the age of 52. I know he was here 
his name. Let me get his name. Gary right. Brown. Gary Brown. Yes. I know he was there during the Emmett Smith times and all that. I mean, he's the ex running back coach, but he lost his bout with a long bout due to cancer at the age of 52. Um, you know, that's actually two Cowboy uh, former legends that they've lost or people of the family, of the Cowboys in the last few weeks, last week, actually, in the last week. Um, so, again, that was another uh, tragic news that came out of the NFL um, this weekend. Um, also, you know, today marks, you know, some started last last week, but you got about four or five teams that start voluntary workouts in the NFL this week. I mean, this is the week that technically things get going. I mean, the draft is in a couple weeks, but all the, I mean, you still got some, you know, free agency flickering here and there, but this is the, this is the day. And this is the week that officially teams get going in their off-season program where what type of team you're going to be starts here. Now, these are voluntary. And most of these are just talking about meetings. You know, if you got new coaching staff, you're getting in to say, hey, what's the agenda for this year coming up? What kind of team are we going to be? What is this coaching staff? This is this starts going here. Very exciting time, especially on the offseason that we came out of in the NFL. But when we get back, we're going to get to Mike's phone call. We got to get to Fernando as well, too. We'll get to some other things on the docket. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, Sam Spear, the one and twos. Today's show is presented by HazelStyleOnline.com. And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out their pre-made alcoholic drinks, or you can just stick to the regular original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So um, before we get to a couple other things on the docket and a couple more of your social media comments, we can go to the phones now. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone. What's up, Mike? You're probably going to disagree with me, man. But um, I think uh, Zion Williams, I think he's officially, um, as far as I'm concerned, he's a bust. He's been in the league a couple of years, and he hasn't done absolutely nothing. It was reported earlier this year he doesn't even make contact with his teammates, doesn't even have show up for practice, doesn't stay in condition. Uh, I don't see no improvement in this guy, even, you know, maybe they can trade him to another club and maybe he'll change his attitude. But as of right now, uh, why he can't talk to somebody, you know, like Shaquille O'Neal or another big man get some advice from him on how to conduct himself as a professional, I don't understand. But uh, like I said, I'd like to see what you had to say about that. As, as, as far as I'm concerned, his career is a bust as of right now because he should have accomplished more than he would have accomplished in the NBA. I'd like to hear what you have to say about that. All right, Mike. Um, 
I mean, the reason why I'm not going to totally kill you for that or push back because you use the key word as of now. I mean, if you if you want to say the evidence shows as of now with the hype that he's a bust, but I think he's too young of a kid and basically to sit there and without seeing him healthy on a court, I don't know. And I'm seeing we've seen flashes of it, but I don't know if it's really to sit there and say the permanent bust label is going to be put on him. But as of now, if you just use the words like you said, as of now, I guess that would be fair enough considering what we said. But it's not, you know, it's not a situation where, you know, like a Greg Oden or whoever else you want to use that has been on like three, two, four different teams or been in the league seven years now and he just haven't pan out. He's got to get healthy to get on the court before I give him the label of the permanent bust. And a reminder that when he is on the court, uh, his in his rookie season averaged 22 and a half points. Uh, last season, an all-star season for him, he averaged 27 points. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, approaching, you know, he, he uh, trending upwards toward the double-digit rebounds. I think that he's a gr- he's a great player when he's out there. I think he's showing that, but it, it's the best ability is availability. Yeah, that's you can't help the club from the tub. We've always had that. <laughs> we've always had that saying on this show. You can't help the club from the tub. So it is what it is, man. But. To sit there and just lay on a permanent bus, I don't know. Let's keep it rolling. Let's go to Fernando. Fernando, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760-1300. Zone. What's up, Fernando? Hey, thanks for having me, Calvin. No problem. Uh, I just wanted to comment on, on Tiger Woods on the tournament day yesterday. And uh, I mentioned last week that I thought he was coming back a little bit too early. I think maybe even a year after just watching him in the practice rounds. Because, you know, he had a limp going in. And then uh, yesterday, you know, he looked like Joe Namath out there, you know, trying to play. I felt bad for him. And uh, but now he's talking about, you know, playing in two months. I think it's in two months up there in uh, in England. And I just wanted to hear what you had to say about that. All right, Fernando. Well, first off, I remember you saying that last week. And I know the next day after that, I kind of addressed that, that I feel that the limp you see him with is a limp that he's permanently probably going to have the rest of his life based off of uh, the seriousness of his leg injury. I mean, if you're talking about having to lose your leg, being amputated, um, that means they had to do a lot to save your leg. So I think the limp is just going to be a part of him. I think you can, whether he came back next year or waited two years, or came. I think the limp is just going to be there. Now, the thing about maybe kind of what you're saying in regards to coming back too soon it's just maybe the still where the leg's not where it, maybe another six months or a year could have been, you know, let that leg get stronger to where the fatigue factor. Because I think the reason why you saw him kind of deteriorate through Saturday and Sunday was just the fatigue factor. What he talked about, what everybody talked about, what I talked about last Tuesday was the walk in that golf course, you know, just walking it. And I think that's what it is. But in regards to the limp, and I think – you know, since he's already back, since he's made that commitment back, I don't know if I, I don't know if it makes sense now just to go and disappear. I think Tiger, whether he got in that wreck or not, and even now with the wreck, he's not playing a normal tour schedule anyway. I think basically all you can hope for Tiger this year in 2022, Tiger in 2023, Tiger in 2024, is the fact of being able to go and play a couple tournaments here and there before a couple weeks out before a major. And that's just the tiger that we're going to have that's left of him on a competitive stage. Now, I do feel that, you know, Thursday he showed that he can still compete with these guys being a mix, but he's got to get some reps. I mean, he can't practice like he used to, but he's just got to get some reps. And the only reps you do is you got to play these tournaments 
uh, that kind of, you know, makes sense that maybe could be tune-ups. And, and even before he got into the wreck, okay, and even after, I remember the day coming in here after in 2019 when he won that Masters, I said, hey, he's on borrowed time, man, because of the back situation. Um, you know, I mean, I still would say the back is almost damn near in worse shape than even the leg or still the leg is going to be with all the back surgery. So he's on borrowed time anyway, but I think he can still, with his mind and his determination, you know, be, you know, in the thick of competition and thing. But I don't care what, I don't care who was what, nobody was beating Scotty this week in the way he was playing. I mean, the, he just really got, he ran away and hid with the thing. I mean, he had some pushback. You know, a little bit on Sunday, like I said, a lot of credit to Rory for showing some guts and to kind of grind it out and not just mail it in, usually how Rory does. But, you know, that's kind of the way I see the whole thing. But I think it's a bright spot for him saying, hey, I'm going to go to – I think if the British Open was anywhere else besides St. Andrews, I don't – maybe he's not playing. You know, maybe he's just waiting to the U.S. Open. That's why he's noncommittal about the PGA, you know, which I don't know how I feel about this whole – because I'm so used to the U.S. Open. I'm so liking the U.S. Open being the next one. I don't like – the British Open coming before the U.S. Open now. I don't like that change. I really don't. I know how Andy feels about that, but I, I'm not down for that. I like the tradition way, and I don't know if they're ever going back to that way, but that's where it is. All right, before we go on, let's keep it going. Let's go to Santos. Santos, you're on the sports grind here on Ticket 760 and 1300 Zone. What's up, Santos? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's thanks up, for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, just wanted to uh, recap fight weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, USC in Jacksonville, Florida. There was a fight of the night, uh, Gilbert Burns and a guy from Sweden that I can't pronounce his name. I could pronounce some other Swedish stuff, but I can't say his name for some reason. But anyways, um, hey, that was a banger, man. Those two guys went in the ring, and they just, man, like if you close your eyes for just a second or two, just the pops you hear in that fight were insane. Hmm, okay. okay. And then also just wanted to throw a quick shout-out to uh, – the hometown market packing out that Alamo Dome for that Ryan Garcia boxing fight, man. Man, combat sports in San Antonio is huge, man. And yeah. if Dana White could bring the UFC to San Antonio, we, we'd sell that thing out any day of the week. Hmm. Okay. All right, Santos. Thanks for the phone call on the UFC update. I I, I totally agree with Santos because if I didn't, I'd tell you, but I totally agree that the one thing I'll give our city credit for, it's, it's probably one of the best boxing knowledge cities. Um, out of all the major cities in the country, and I do agree, any boxing match you can put down here, especially if it's a big name as a draw, it's gonna sell. It's gonna sell. It's a, it's a big fighting community down here in San Antonio. What you got, Jonas? Uh, he was speaking of Kamzat Shemaev, mm-hmm. uh, welterweight contender, now eleven and zero. Um, Gilbert Burns used to be at the top, you know, towards the top of that division as as you know, trying to make a, a real push. So uh, I know that Shemaev is is getting a lot of positive momentum moving forward. Okay. Now, what was the? I saw some comments. I didn't. I didn't watch the fight. I mean, like I said, Tank is probably the only one that I'm going to probably make sure that I'm seeing his fights. But uh, what was the thought? Because I saw a lot of thoughts with Ryan David. That a lot of people felt that it took too long to finish this guy off. He couldn't get him done. It had to go to the card. Uh, what, what was your thoughts on after watching? Because I know you watched it. I didn't watch it. What's your thoughts on his performance? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody was expecting an early knockout. The desert had the had the line set at four and a half rounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, wow. it was favored at under, <laughs> you know. So that's what everybody was looking for. So the fact that Ryan didn't go out there, be a little bit more aggressive, push the fight, um, it was a bit disappointing. 
uh, to fans. He, he did show, you know, um, good endurance down the, the stretch again, again, against a, a former world champion uh, in, in Tego. So it's just one of those things where it, you show up for, for fireworks and you, you, you just kind of get a concert. Hmm. Um, you know, it was, it, it wasn't great, but it also wasn't uh, a bad turnout. I don't think he, he necessarily drops, but again, he, he's still trying to chase that tank Davis fight. Um, said as much afterwards as well. Uh, I think because he knows that's a paycheck, he knows that's going to sell. Um, and Tank himself has a fight here, I think, in about a week, week and a half. Yeah, I'll be watching that one. Um, you know, also, um, what else you got? Well, I mean, just if you want to stick in the fighting world, Triple mm-hmm. G did get his win, uh, 42nd win this weekend. And now with him getting the victory, it's kicking back around dust for Canelo versus Triple G part three this fall. I don't want to see that crap. I don't want to see that. Triple G had his cult following there for a while that was saying Canelo was running and he was going to knock Canelo out and he hadn't in two tries. He'll be at, at that time, what, Triple G, but what, 42? He's 40 years old right now. 40 years old right now. And Canelo's I, 31. He'll be 32 on, by that fight. We, we don't need to see that. I don't know who Canelo's true contender is going to be, but Triple G, it was fun while it lasted. You know, you had the number one song on the charts for about 40, 50 weeks. Label said, hey, man, it's time to follow up with the next single. What you got? And, the, and you're just looking at like, hey, I don't know. I'm going to go. We'll get something. One hit wonder, man. Toy Story 3, Transformers 3, Third Lord of the Rings. Everything comes in threes, man. And they, the third one still sells. It's not like those things drop off. Yeah. Everybody was that, there for Wilder Fury 3. Things come in three, but don't mean it should have been made. I mean, I, I I can't think in real time right now. There's some threes that, that could have stopped a long time ago. Uh, one of the iconic ones I can think of, I think Back to the Future, they could have stopped after the second one. Um, Terminator? I was never a big Terminator fan. I mean, the first ones, yeah. I mean, Terminator, I can't speak on that one because I can't even remember if I really took time to sit down and watch Terminator 2. That's so long ago. I can't remember, but there's some there's some three like not everything now. Lethal Weapons, those series, like come on, man, those were out of the park. If you talk about a trilogy, I think they went all the way to number four. Those were the ones that you could sit there and say, hey, they keep doing it, you know. Even though Danny Glover didn't want to accept that bag to do come back and do the other one, but no, it's it's not always a good thing to make trilogies. I don't want to see that that Canelo and Triple G fight. Like Canelo's like in his zone in his prime now. Triple G, that's not even. There's nothing to prove. Triple G's just trying to get another big payday on the way out. Canelo exactly. would collect on that too, though. I mean, that that's a again, it's a part three that fans might want because it it it, it just it's a nice odd number. He can find somewhere to to, he off. can find somebody else to collect off. Canelo's gonna collect regardless for the most part. He can find somewhere. I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, out of those big mega fights, uh, you know, I've seen Floyd with some gloves on over about lately, been popping up on Instagram. I don't know what he's got going on, but he's got some up his sleeve. I don't think it's really gonna be. A full-fledged comeback, but that's kind of what we got. Baseball got going this weekend. You know, over the weekend, opening day was last Thursday, but you got everybody up in action. I mean, you got day action now with the uh, Milwaukee Brewers and and the Orioles. And speaking of the Brewers, I was very – I think one of the surprising things, and, you know, you really don't judge teams in baseball really till you get – I mean, I know we're starting a little bit later than normal because of the whole lockout, but you really got to wait like a month. 
or maybe in a month and a half before you really find out who teams are. Maybe it's even two months out of the season. But early on just starts. I, I, you know, I will say the Cubs surprised me. I mean, they got off to a good start. I mean, they almost swept Milwaukee in that series. Uh, they were able to be victorious. Um, I think I told you the opening, the Astros uh, went ahead and took three out of four against the Angels. Um, so again, you know, even though they've lost, you know, you know, some guys, Correa and all that, they still basically sitting there, got off to a decent start. Also, uh, the Yankees, uh, Boston avoided the sweep uh, last night on Yankees. You know, baseball, it's this that this Manning cast has opened a can of worms because baseball, I see them work because they had Alex Rodriguez on the deuce and he was doing I forgot who he was with but they were doing the same thing as the, the mannequin broadcast yeah yeah, yeah 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 this is open a can of worms where you're going to get ex athletes that are wanting to do this that's going to go up against the real analyst of play by play is doing it and they're going to give you more in a a normal setting so I thought that that was that came across my radar um also the Mets uh the Mets got off to an impressive start they started a series with the Phillies Today, which is interesting, you know, those two are going to be bumping heads in the division. There's a lot of people high on the Phillies, but the Mets came out and they almost uh, got their sweep over the Nats. You know, the Nationals, they got them 3-1. Uh, they came out. Pete Alonzo, uh, Pete Alonzo, excuse me, uh, took, a, took a heater in the lip. You know, a little brush back. And you got to think, too, I totally forgot. Like, I'm all about, even in any sport, I'm about, like, the good old boy network kind of getting fresh bud. But that damn book show, Walter, man, he's over. <laughs> I was like, it ain't no wonder uh, that they brushed back on the lines on the pitch back. They had some benches clear a little bit because that's old Bucks old school. He's managing the Mets now. Um, it's going to be interesting how they can compete in that division, you know, with the Phillies and all that. The Rangers, they avoided the sweep, you know, on the Blue Jays. A lot of people are high on, high on the Blue Jays. A lot of young talent sitting over there. Uh, what's your expectations? I know you keep up with the Rangers. What is your improvement from last year? What's your expect- expectations on that? If you had to put a ballpark number on wins. I mean, they're still going to be struggling to be a 500 ball club. Okay. I mean, I, 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 it's easy to improve when you lose 102 games. <laughs> right. So, I mean, they're going to win more than 60 this year, but right. I mean, I, I would say 75 is a good number to okay. aim for. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, they, they avoided the brooms this weekend. So you have baseball. Speaking of baseball, Manford, I mean, this is a guy that's really fighting for his approval rating. Yeah, man, Uncle Joey. You know, they're out there. He he sits there and he decides to go ahead and send all the players in their locker room for opening day a a boys' headsets. Headsets. Multi-million dollar players, and they all get headsets. Now, he had a note just, hey, this is in good faith. Basically, it's been reported a good gesture from the lockout because of the lockout. I know some players sit there and got a like headsets. Get these my kid, man. Who that from, Manfred? Get the hell out. Somebody just bashed, probably went on the bat, man. Screw that guy. Poor Manfred. He's up against it, man. His clock, his clock, his time's ticking on his ass for being commissioner of MLB. Anyway, that's a wrap. Special thanks to the producer of the show today, Jonas Clark. Special thanks to Mr. Sandspin, the one and twos, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up at Tyler, people in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you to snooze button before you're out the rack, just ask yourself, you grind in peace. See you tomorrow.